ahead, take your seats. Open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to be looking at uh, a handful of Proverbs this morning and beginning in chapter 6. So you can go ahead and open there. And we're continuing on our quest this summer together to grow in skillful application of God's truth to our everyday lives. And this morning, I want to talk to you about something which the Proverbs have a whole lot to say. I want us to open God's Word together. I want us to study. I want us to absorb and learn better what it looks like to live wisely as we peer into the very depths of God's heart when it comes to pride and humility. We're going to see this morning that the pursuit of humility is extremely wise. And we're going to see that following the path of pride is completely foolish. To not understand this or to not take this very, very seriously is incredibly dangerous. See, when we remove God from the central focus of our lives and and we replace Him by exalting ourselves, we do so against all sound judgment and we do so to our own peril. We see this both in the angelic realm and in human history. We see this in Satan, the captain of the fallen angels who refused to glorify God as God, refused to bow down to Him, and instead wanted to take His place and sit on God's throne. We see this in the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, who were not content to live as they were commanded to live which would have been so good for them. And instead, they desired to eat of the forbidden tree, thinking that they could, as the serpent promised them, be like God. We see this in the loftiest kings and the lowliest peasants. And we see this in our very own lives. Pride is a big deal. And humility is is a big deal. We can't view pride as though it was merely some just mild offense or humility as though it was only some decent virtue. For as Andrew Murray said, he said, the one is death and the other is life. The one is all hell and the other is all heaven. We need to view pride and humility the way that God does. We need our hearts to be more and more transformed as we hold dear to what God holds dear and we move away from that which God cannot stand. So let's look first this morning at God's heart toward pride. God's heart toward pride and see that God hates pride. And so should I. Sometimes we think that the Lord doesn't hate. And we forget that the Bible is crystal clear. God hates sin. He hates sin. Look at uh, Proverbs 6 and verse 16. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to Him. Verse 17, haughty eyes. And we'll stop right there. It's the first one. 
God lists for us in his word things that he hates, and the very first thing is when a person elevates themselves high above and looks down at others. And I agree with those who believe that the reason that this is first on the list is because this, this pride, is the chief of all offenses. Pride. Wanting me to be prioritized. Wanting me to be the self-focused, the the self-centered attitude that exalts me above others. And not only other people, but worst of all, above God. Thomas Watson says this about pride. He says, it is spiritual drunkenness. It flies up like wine into the brain and intoxicates it. It is idolatry. A proud man is a self-worshipper. Listen, pride is the mountaintop of folly. And it's not a question of whether or not we have it, but the real question is, how much pride do I have? Right? How much pride do I have, and where is it, and do I hate it? Where pride manifests in our lives, we, we can't just merely think that it's, it's just the way I am, or, or this is just my personality. It's sin. It's sin. God hates it. God hates it, and so should you. Listen carefully to the following expressions of pride and consider where these might describe you. Maybe sometimes, or maybe more than sometimes. I rarely think, speak, or sing about God's magnificent glory. And this really, this means I'm not actually that impressed. I seldom pray. I've got life under control. I choose what to do on the basis of what will please me. I'm the king or queen of my own life. I'm not a thankful person. I deserve better. I think of my gifts and abilities not as gifts, but only abilities. Aren't I impressive? How about this one? I'm given to anger or annoyance. My superior expectations are not being met. Or how about, I talk too much. And often I talk about me. What I have to say is most important. I should be the star of this show. I'm often sarcastic. People should be made to realize they're not as clever as me. I'm always certain that my perspective is the right perspective. I'm perfect. I find it hard to say, maybe this is you, I find it hard to say, can you help me? Or, you were right, I didn't think of that. I'm not weak. I hate to be told what I should or shouldn't do or how I should or shouldn't think. I'm independent. I constantly suggest to others how they should be doing things because my methods are awesome. I can't accept fault or ask for forgiveness because I couldn't have done anything wrong. Just a few more. I'm obsessed with what others think of me. I need to be seen or thought well of 
or at least not thought poorly of. How about this? I don't regularly and often serve other people. What am I, a lowly servant? I lack compassion toward others. It's not affecting me. Or how about this? I can't celebrate the blessings received by others because really it should have been me. I, me, my, it's all pride. It's all pride, and God hates it. God hates it, and so should we. The big things and the little things, or maybe the the seeming little things. Listen, you're allowed to hate pride. Not only are you allowed to hate it, you're, you're commanded to hate pride. Despise self exaltation, run far away from every hint of it in your life. Don't even give it the tiniest allowance because it's not just some small thing. It's not just some small thing to exalt me above God and others. Proverbs 16 and verse 5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. God hates pride, but he doesn't just hate pride and not do anything about it. Consider next what Scripture shows us in God's heart towards pride. We see that God opposes pride. God opposes pride, and so should I. Turn to chapter 16. Pride always draws an adverse response from God. And we see this in Proverbs 16 and verse 18. It says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Listen, we we see here very loudly and clearly that where there is pride, we can expect ruin. The Proverbs say that toward the scorners, he is scornful. Chapter 3, verse 34. They say when pride comes, then comes disgrace. 11 and verse 2. Or 15, 25. The Lord tears down the house of the proud. Or how about chapter 29 and verse 23. One's pride will bring him low. Count on it. These consequences... Don't just happen to happen. This is God's sovereign hand at work opposing pride. It will not go unpunished. And for those who are not through faith in Jesus Christ covered by the blood of His cross, God will punish self-exaltation. One way or another here in this life and definitely when this life is over. For all will stand before His judgment. All will give an account of whether we gave Him the glory due His name or we sought instead to have that glory for ourselves. And if you're not in Christ this morning, listen, it's not too late. It's not too late to confess your pride. It's not too late to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask, forgive me, make it count, make the cross count for me and for my sin of pride. 
for exalting myself above you. And if you do this, if you do this today, you do not have to fear judgment. The Bible says that all who come to Jesus Christ will receive forgiveness for their sins. And this includes the sin of pride. For those who are in Christ, He gave His life as the punishment, listen, that our pride deserves. How then, listen, how then can we not hate and aggressively oppose any remaining hint of this pride in our lives? He died your death, Paul says. Now your life is in Him. Put to death, therefore, what remains that is earthly in you. If, if our old self-exalting, prideful selves died with Christ, how can we be fine to still live in any way like this? God opposes pride, and so should I. And listen, if, if you're holding on to pride in any way, God's going to make life difficult for you. I need to tell you that this morning. That's what the Word of God is telling us in the book of Proverbs. If you're His child, He will discipline you. Christ took the punishment for your sin, but He will discipline you. He will make your life challenging and hard. So put it to death. Put it to death. What can you do to put pride to death? Well, here, how about this? Ask the Lord to move in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit to nurture within you a holy hatred toward pride. Ask Him to show you where you are focusing on yourself above Him and above others. Really, ask Him. Make this a point of your prayers. Beg Him to help you change, to put off pride, to put it to death. Ask those who spend time around you where they see you focusing on yourself above God and others. Look intently at your own daily life with honesty and assess how, how am I focusing on myself above God and others. And actually put pride to death. Kill it. Bury it. Be done with it. And instead, pursue humility. This is wisdom. This is skillful living in the sight of God. So let's turn now and focus our attention at God's heart towards humility. God's heart toward humility. And in this we see that God loves humility. So should I. God loves humility, and so should I. Turn back to 15 and verse 9. It says, The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but He loves him who pursues righteousness. People whose lives are dominated by pride should have no confidence at all that they are loved by the Lord. And it's been said that hum humility is not just included as part of the package of righteousness, but it is fundamental to righteousness. And the one who pursues this, the one who pursues this righteousness that is rooted and grounded in humility is loved 
by the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 2, if you don't know this verse, write it down. 66.2, Isaiah says, on behalf of the Lord, he says, this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble. Humility is the honest recognition of who God is and who I am before Him. A dependent sinner in need of His grace in every part of my being with Him being worthy of all of my praise. Humility is seeing God for who He truly is and me for who I truly am. Humility is taking me out of the center and recognizing God as the center. Focusing on loving and serving Him and others as He calls me to do. Sometimes we get mixed up when we think about humility and it's good to remember what humility is not. Humility is not a constantly condemning self. It's not viewing myself as only ever utterly worthless and horrible. It's not just beating myself up. That, that's not humility. You can see how these things, even, even these are still self-focused, right? Humility is the very opposite of self-focus. Humility is getting our eyes off ourself and focusing on God and others. And God loves this humility. And so should you. When you love humility, here, here's what that looks like. You pray for it. You plead with God to transform your heart. You want it so bad. You look at humility and you say, I want, that's the kind of person that I need to be. I must I must have humility. I must pursue it. Lord, help me. When you love humility, you ponder it. You ponder it. You peer into the depths of humility. You look to God's Word at the greatest humility ever seen. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who in Philippians chapter 2, it says, though He was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The Son of God became the man of sorrows, became a lowly servant to save our souls from eternal damnation. The Son of God, the one who from all eternity was exalted at the right hand of the Father, became a lowly servant. What humility! And we do well to often ponder this humility. And when we Love, humility, we not only pray for it, we not only ponder it, but we practice it. We put it on. We, P Peter says, clothe yourselves with all humility toward one another. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. When we're pursuing humility, we love to praise the Lord. We love to recount His supreme worth. 
We love to focus on Jesus. We love to make Him the center focus of our lives in every single day. We love to meditate on God's forgiving grace that takes your past, present, and future sin away. When we love humility, we love to trust that God's ways are the best ways. We love wisdom and not foolishness. We, we love to give thanks. We, we love to forgive others whose offenses are far less than our offenses before our Almighty God. When we pursue humility, we love to eagerly live out the many biblical commands to serve one another. We love to submit to those whom the Lord has put as authorities in our lives. And we love to accept help from others. And listen, this is really important. Not just certain kinds of help, but the most humble kind of help. The help that says, I need help in thinking properly about life and godliness. God loves humility. And so should I. Run towards it. Keep it close to you. Make it your close friend. Cherish the conviction that God is God and I am not. And keep Jesus Christ as the central focus of your life. Love and serve other people. And when you do these things, you, just as Jesus, after His humility was highly exalted, you too will be exalted at the proper time. And that's our final point. God exalts humility. God loves humility and God exalts humility. And so should I. Proverbs 15 and verse 33 says that the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility. See that there? Humility comes before honor. God loves humility and when we demonstrate with our lives that we love it too, God promises blessing. Pride leads to destruction, but humility, humility leads to exaltation. And so we think back again to those Proverbs we heard just half of earlier. Proverbs 3 and verse 34, towards the scorners he is scornful, but, listen, but to the humble he gives favor. Or 11 and verse 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble, with the humble is wisdom. 15.25, the Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. The Lord takes care of the needy and the dependent. And then chapter 29 and verse 23, One's pride will bring him low. But he who is lowly, who, he who brings himself low in spirit, will obtain honor. Now, with these promises, 
with, with these promises of consequence toward the proud and these promises of favor toward the humble, can you see now how this is a matter of wisdom? I mean, what fool would choose pride? How could we be so foolish as to not pursue humility? And listen, humility is is not just something that we're born with or some people are born with and other people are not. Listen, humility is a choice. Choose pride and you choose problems. But choose humility and you choose honor. Jesus preached this message, didn't he? Jesus said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said, whoever humbles himself will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Don't you want to be exalted? James carried forth uh, this message of our Lord. James, in, in chapter 4, he said, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You remember that one? Humble yourselves, he says, before the Lord, and He will exalt you. God exalts humility, and so should you. Treasure it, love it, prioritize it, pursue it, put away self-focus, Honor God continually as God. Keep Him as the center of your life. Don't be content with any lingering pride in your life. And don't be content with any lacking humility. I know there are things in this world that you want absolutely nothing to do with. Can you think of some of those things? Things that you would just run from in an instant. Things that you hate. Things that you don't want to see or come anywhere near you. Listen, move pride up to the top of that list. That's wisdom. On the other hand, I know there's things in your life that you love. Things you want to be close to. Things that you cherish. Move humility to the top of that list. Love humility. Exalt it. This is God's heart towards humility. And may it be your heart too. And the more you pursue this, listen, the more you pursue this, the more like Christ you will be. Let's pray for that. Dear God, we want to be like our Savior We see the beauty of Christ's humility, Lord, and we confess that this simply is not us, but we want it. Help us to put away pride. Help us to put on humility to pursue it. Lord, we confess that so often in our day-to-day lives, we we remove you from the center. We, We put ourselves at the center and we fall apart. We need you, Lord. We need you to guide our hearts. We we need you to forgive us from our sins. We need you to open our eyes to where there is remaining sin. We, We need your grace to shower over us, Lord. Lavish your grace 
upon us and help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.